Today is Sunday. It's the 2nd of February 2020. And today it's the 12th day of our Metta Meditation Retreat. And so for most of you, the metta has become quite strong. So when when we are cultivating metta, loving-kindness, for example, for all living beings, wishing may all beings be well, happy, and peaceful. May all beings be well, happy, and peaceful. Then so with the cultivation of loving-kindness, with the repetition of each metta wish or phrase, our metta increases becomes more and more. So for example, it's like when it's raining. Maybe you have noted this, that when it starts raining, raindrops are falling, one drop after another, many drops falling. And so then after a certain time, these raindrops, they fill puddles or they create puddles of water uh, on the side of the road or somewhere. They fill holes with water. And likewise, when you cultivate metta, loving-kindness, so with the cultivation of metta, with each time you cultivate this wish or this quality, it fills your heart. It fills your heart with the metta water, and gradually it becomes full. And uh, some of the yogis, their heart is already full with metta, or it's actually already overflowing with the metta water. And so the stronger and more powerful the metta becomes, the heart gets even more peaceful, it gets happier, calmer. And 
And when the heart becomes calm and peaceful, then also the body calms down and becomes peaceful. So then one, one's body feels very calm, cool, peaceful. So in the interview, meditator has reported that the metta, <coughs> um, you know, it's not like rain. The med meditator reported it's not like metta rain falling, raindrops falling, but it was experienced as a waterfall of metta. So <clears throat> when metta is present in one's heart and mind, when it is strong, so at that moment, at that time, does the heart mind feel hot and burning or does it feel cool, calm and peaceful? And so that meditator said, at that time, the heart, the mind, feels cool and peaceful. It feels also, the heart feels happy. And so this is the happiness based on metta. So the happiness based on metta, loving-kindness, is a happier happiness than one can derive from the happiness based on sense pleasures. So for example, the happiness one derives from eating something very nice, so that happiness based on metta is a deeper, a stronger happiness. Or else, it's a, the, the metta, no, the happiness based on metta is a happier happiness, deeper happiness than the happiness one derives of smelling a nice smell. Or else, this happiness based on metta is a happier, happier deeper happiness than the happiness gained from eating some nice, good food. 
And this happiness based on metta is a deeper happiness than the happiness derived from touching a pleasant uh, object, deriving a pleasant touching sensation. That's why we should uh, do our best to cultivate metta, to experience this kind of happiness. So the Buddha and virtuous people, they mostly lived their way that they experience the happiness based on metta. Or the beings in the Brahma realms, they also live with metta, derive the happiness of metta. That's why this kind of beings, people are called Brahma Vihari, meaning these are people dwelling in the Brahma Viharas or uh, dwelling on Metta, so dwelling in this noble state of mind and heart. In the scriptures or in the teachings of the Buddha, it is said that one who dwells with metta, lives with a heart full of loving kindness, derives 11 benefits. The first benefit is a person who lives with metta uh, falls asleep happily. So when we cultivate metta, so then meditators fall asleep with metta. And the second benefit is that a person living with metta has good dreams. And the third benefit is that a person living with metta wakes up happily, wakes up with a clear mind. The fourth benefit is a person living with metta has many friends. Um, an addition has many, has many friends and is loved by other people. The fifth benefit is that a person living with metta 
is loved and liked by the devas, the celestial beings. The sixth benefit is a person living with metta is protected by the devas and the brahmas. The seventh benefit is a person living with metta is free from dangers. <coughs> Especially nowadays, it's so important to be free from dangers, to be free from obstacles. Um, when Sayadaw was studying, there was a Sayadaw called Yo Sayadaw, and he was, um, uh, he knew the, the whole Tipitaka. So the Sayadaw said that nowadays there are so many dangers uh, different from previous times. Also in regard to food, there are many dangers. And so the Sayadaw said that um, whenever one eats or whenever one goes from one place to another place, one should always uh, be engaged in cultivating metta. So if one is living with metta, then one is free from these uh, dangers. The eighth benefit is a person who lives with metta is able to quickly gain concentration. Then the ninth benefit is a person living with metta, that person's facial expression is clear and serene. Yes, this is really true. Looking at the faces of the meditators, they are clear, they are serene. And when you look into the mirror, then maybe you can see that before coming to this retreat and now, um, after having engaged in the metta practice, your facial expression is not the same anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So all of you in your kuti, you have a mirror. So look into the mirror in your kuti and then uh, ask yourself, is my face, my face, facial expression the same as before coming here or is it now different? Now Sayadaw looking at your face he um, sees it's obvious that your facial expression is not the same as it was when you arrived here. So all, the, all your faces um, have lit up, they are clear and serene. So, you know, is your clear facial expression due to the good food here that you enjoy, or is it due to the practice of metta? Really, Sayadaw looking around, seeing just cheerful, smiling, serene faces. So Sayadaw thinks and assumes that your that your clear, serene, cheerful facial expression comes from the metta practice. Then the tenth benefit is a person living with metta will not be confused at the time of death. The mind will be clear, calm. So this is very important, the state of mind uh, before death. So to have, a met to have a mind filled with metta is important so that the mind is calm, peaceful, uh, serene, and in this way, when one dies, one might be reborn in the realm of the devas or brahmas. So therefore, in order that you will be able to have a mind filled with metta when you are about to die, it's important that you cultivate and train yourself in metta, loving-kindness, now, that you strengthen it now and in this way prepare for this time of dying. So, 
So if you have no training in metta, cultivation of loving kindness, then at the time of death, what will be most likely present is dosa, domanasa, so all forms from anger, uh, hatred, worry, distress, and so on. And so when dosa, domanasa take place in the heart and mind, when the heart and mind is filled with anger, hatred, distress, uh, worry, and so on, so that makes the heart, the mind, burning. It becomes hot. That's why you should try to always live with metta, train yourself to live with metta now that you are still alive, not yet about dying, so that then at the time of death you are able to dwell in metta and if you are able to do so, then you will be reborn in the Deva realm or the Brahma realm. So today in his Dhamma talk, Sayadaw will talk to you, Metta meditators, about the five characteristics of non-virtuous persons, of asapurisa persons. So the other day, Sayadaw talked about the five characteristics of virtuous persons, of sapurisa persons. And so today, Sayadaw will talk about the opposite of the virtuous persons, namely the non-virtuous persons, and uh, talk about their characteristics. So the first characteristic of a non-virtuous person, an asapurisa person, is that this person does not recognize the gratitude in regard to another person. So such a person and never kind of uses the word gratitude uh, in regard to somebody else. 
Then the second characteristic is that such a person does not repay one's gratitude to a benefactor or so. And such a person is more likely to uh, not, not only not repaying the gratitude, but uh, creating more troubles. Such a person may think, um, my parents, they are not my benefactors, so having no gratitude to one's parents, thinking, well, they just have given birth to me. And also, such a person does not recognize one's gratitude for one's teachers or friends. And when an occasion would arise where one could repay the gratitude towards one's teachers or friends, such a non-virtuous uh, person does not recognize such an occasion and therefore does not repay any gratitude. Then a third characteristic of a non-virtuous person is that such a person does not associate with good friends or with good people. Then the fourth characteristic is that such a non-virtuous person does not follow the advice or teachings given by virtuous persons or teachers or parents, so this person does not take to heart the good things that are uh, imparted to him or her. So if teachers, parents or good friends give some advice, then that non-virtuous person simply thinks, what is this person saying? It's just empty words. It's just nonsense. Then 
Then the fifth characteristic of a non-virtuous person is when such a person encounters uh, somebody else who is suffering, who is in distress, then that person does not really notice that and that person uh, undertakes nothing to help this other person or being, does nothing to relieve the suffering of the other person. And such a person does not only not help such a person who is suffering or in distress, but the non-virtuous person creates even further trouble or suffering to an already suffering person. So, for example, you know, there are people who, when a dog or a cat is coming and kind of asking for food because the dog or the cat is hungry, then that person does not, not give food to the cat or the dog, but that person may even hit or hurt the dog or the cat, or in some cases they may even kill the dog or the cat. So Sayadaw has seen somewhere else that there was a dog who came to that place because the dog was hungry and so the person there being engaged in some work then chased the dog away but because the dog was hungry the dog came back and you know, looked for food, asked for food, but the person chased the dog away again. The dog came back again, and then the person um, so then the person uh, took some hot water and threw the hot water after the dog. Mm. 
the dog was hit by this hot boiling water, of course the dog ran away, but this hot water, uh, yeah, it was so hot that um, the fur, like his hair, fell out. So the, the attitude of such a person is really bad, it's really a wicked attitude. This person uh, completely lacks empathy or compassion. So nowadays when we look around in the world, we can see there are many people who lack metta. So Sayadaw will relate a story, an example, which illustrates such a person who lacks um, virtue, illustrating an Asapurisa person. And it's about the, the Bodhisattva in a previous existence, the Buddha to be. So in one of his previous existences, the Buddha-to-be was born as an, a monkey, and he was a monkey king. So the monkey king was the king over a group of 500 monkeys. So at that time, a hunter went into the forest to chase, or to catch a deer. So he spotted the deer, the hunter ran after the deer, followed the deer, and by doing so, the hunter fell into a chasm. The monkey king, he was foraging in the forest looking for food, and while doing so, he spotted the hunter who had fell into this chasm. Yeah. 
Then the monkey king noticed how the hunter was trying to get out of the chasm, but uh, he fell back down. The hunter tried again to climb up, but he fell, he fell down again. So uh, the hunter was stuck there in the chasm. So the monkey king, the bodhisattva, he saw that and he reflected, uh, realizing that the hunter would not be able to get out of the chasm. And not being able to get out of the chasm, he surely would die. And so the monkey king decided that he would uh, help the hunter, save him. So um, he approached him and said, Hunter, you know, do not try anymore to, to climb up, to get out of the chasm. I will help you. I will bring you up. With these words, the monkey king got down into the chasm and he told the hunter to climb on his back and to hold tightly uh, to the monkey's, to his back, telling him that with a big jump he would jump out of the chasm. So with this, the hunter climbed on the monkey's back and hauled tightly on to the monkey. And the monkey, the bodhisattva, then being very strong, he made a big effort, jump, and jumped out of the chasm. After that, the monkey king said to the hunter, I am uh, very tired, so I want to rest a little bit. And with that, uh, he lay down, putting his head on a tree or log, piece of wood, and with that, the monkey king fell asleep. Then the hunter uh, reflected, looking at the position of the sun, realizing 
that it was already late in the afternoon, that the sun would soon uh, disappear, and also realizing that he had caught no nothing, no deer, so he had nothing to take home, no food that he then could bring back to his family. And so the hunter then thought, well, there is this monkey here. Uh, so saying to himself, well, I can kill this monkey and then take the monkey, the monkey meat home and give it to my wife and she can cook this meat. So the hunter um, did not see the monkey as his benefactor, his benefactor who actually saved his life, but he had these thoughts of killing the monkey, so not recognizing uh, the gratitude. So this is not a virtuous attitude or the attitude of a virtuous person. On the contrary, this is a very wicked um, attitude, the, a characteristic of a non-virtuous person. And so with that, he picked up a big stone that he found nearby, and then he smashed this big stone on the head of the monkey, who actually was his benefactor. So the... The, 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 the stone or the, the monkey's head was hit and uh, with a big wound and blood was pouring out from his head. The monkey was not dead but after that uh, immediately the monkey jumped up uh, a tree. So the big wound on his head uh, was bleeding, so the blood um, ran down his body. So the monkey king then was reflecting, oh, this is really a wicked person. I saved his life, but uh, he, he hurt me so badly. 
So uh, he is not recognizing um, him as a benefactor. But however, the monkey king being the Bodhisatta, the Buddha-to-be, uh, did not get angry at the hunter. His heart and mind was still full of metta for the hunter. And the monkey king then also realized that the hunter would not find the way out of this forest by himself, that he would be lost in this forest. And so the monkey king then decided that although the hunter had hurt him badly, that still the same, he would show him the way out of this forest and so he told the hunter that he would guide him out of the forest and that the hunter should follow him. And the monkey said, you know, I'm not coming down to the ground to take you out of the forest, but I will jump from tree to tree. Just follow me. And so in this way, the monkey king, monkey king uh, showed him the way until they came to the road, the path that went to the village of the hunter. So is that the hunter then uh, was on the path that went back to his village and eventually he uh, arrived back in the village. So the hunter was back in the village, but in his mind there was no gratitude at all. But uh, his mind was in his mind was burning, filled with the defilements, and so actually, on account of these burning defilements, the hunter then died, and he was reborn in a hell realm. And 
and also the Monkey King, um, he died on account of the wound that was caused by smashing the stone on his head. But then the Monkey King was reborn in the Deva realm. So when the Bodhisattva then became the Buddha in his life as the Buddha, he uh, he told this incident and he said, the monkey king that was myself and the hunter that was Devadatta, Venerable Devadatta. So this hunter, who would be in one of his later exist, uh, existences, Venerable Devadatta, so this hunter did not know that there was a, a benefactor, that he benefited from somebody's help. So he had no gratitude towards that being, and he also did not repay the gratitude. So the hunter, he did not repay his gratitude to the monkey who actually saved his life, but instead of that, he, he caused even further suffering to his benefactor, like throwing the stone at his head and causing this injury. So if one encounters a virtuous person or has a benefactor and one does not recognize them as such and one does not repay uh, their gratitude, actually this is um, a big fault. So those who are in doubt with these five characteristics, um, these are a sapurisa people, non-virtuous people, or wicked people. Also nowadays we can encounter such persons who do not recognize their benefactors as such, but who actually cause uh, suffering and trouble to their benefactors. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
So Sayadaw has encountered uh, the following in the pr um, previous vasa, previous rain, rainy season. Um, he was at the branch center in Dagon, which is near Nepido, the capital of this country. So he was there in that center and there was a man who, who went to the shop or restaurant and he was drinking alcohol. So that man must be a young man, um, as he was not returning home at the usual time. The mother went looking for her son, this young man, and so um, she found him in that uh, restaurant where he was drinking alcohol. So she took him back home. Uh, So the young man um, was getting angry at his mother who wanted to take him back home and he got so angry that he grabbed his mother's hair and was pulling her on her hair. So the mother of this young man was actually the young man's benefactor, but not recognizing her as his benefactors and pulling her on her hairs, that uh, means that instead of repaying or not only not repaying his gratitude, he was causing more suffering to his mother. So then the next day, the young man, he went to work and his work was to climb up somewhere, do something on the roof of a building, but then he fell down from the roof and he died. So persons who do not only not repay one's gratitude, but 
actually cause more suffering and trouble to their benefactors. So in their life, each day, their suffering is increasing. And um, in short, or bringing it, boil it down to uh, one point is these people, these persons, they lack the Brahma Viharas, the qualities of the Brahma Viharas, they lack metta, loving kindness. Therefore, Sayadaw encourages you to, to cultivate and practice the Brahma Viharas and Metta so that you will not encounter such suffering, um, such uh, unwanted effects. So the metta, the first metta retreat, uh, soon comes to an end, and some of you will go back home to your place. So please continue to cultivate metta. Please continue to engage in this practice on a daily basis. So may all of you, by continuing your cultivation of metta, loving-kindness, uh, every day may you be able to experience the 11 benefits of the metta practice. May you, be, uh, may you become noble, virtuous people, and may you become free from all kinds of suffering. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.